The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Here it goes. It's nice to be here, as usual. So, I welcome you all. I think you you could welcome me just as easily because I I think uh, most of the people I'm seeing here on the screen are people who uh, who are way more regular <laughs> at happy hour than I am, but. Uh, I welcome you anyway. I welcome you. This uh, hour every weekday where we have the opportunity to c- cultivate the beautiful, beautiful qualities of the heart. I'm always happy to be uh, here with you for this hour of practice and uh, and some contemplation of the teachings. And the, the practice that we do, this loving-kindness practice, it, it has its roots, as I think probably most of you know, in the Metta Sutta, uh, which is the Buddhist teaching on, on loving-kindness. Um, and there's a lot of instruction, both uh, meditation instruction and life instruction in, in this sutta. Um, it's kind of inherent in the sutta. It's not, it's not, it doesn't say, you do this, you do that, but it's, it's there in the language, both, uh, both for the meditation and for how to uh, cultivate uh, qualities in life that support uh, the practice of metta. So I'm going to read a little bit from the English translation that we usually use, um, that we chant often, you know, it's chanted on retreats quite often, uh, and it's chanted every day uh, by monks in the Thai forest monasteries. I think they, t- they chanted in Pali, though, but it's their English translation, a translation that we say comes from Amarvati, the, the main, uh, the, sort of the senior um, monastery in the Thai forest tradition in the Western uh, world, in the English-speaking world. <coughs> it's in England. And uh, the first part of the of the sutta um, suggests the kind of moral and ethical qualities that uh, and behaviors that are associated with someone who is who is practicing metta as part of the path. And uh, so this is this is what it says. I've memorized it. <laughs> it's a really nice thing to do to me- memorize this, I think, and to kind of repeat it to yourself as you're walking around sometimes. It uh, really can brighten the heart and open it as well. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, <clears throat> humble and not conceited, contented, <clears throat> excuse me, and easily satisfied, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways. And if this was a class on metta, you know, a kind of a mini, uh, mini session class, we could unpack each line there and spend a whole hour or more uh, exploring it. So this first part of the Metta Sutta points us to cultivating um, skillful conditions within ourselves that are useful on the path of peace, this path that we're walking. 
And um, the conditions, their virtues or their ethical conduct, you know, speaking in a truthful and gentle way, being upright, that is, you know, having integrity, being humble, not arrogant, contented and easily satisfied, not making a lot of demands on others, not being greedy. And this sutta was very likely um, addressed uh, to monks who take vows, of course, not to own anything. But each adjective uh, in the in this kind of preamble to the to the teaching, um, it's it it use each adjective that is used to describe a person who's trying to cultivate this uh, this path, who is skilled in goodness, is a quality that supports each of us in our practice. We don't have to be monastics in order to benefit from this advice. And like so many things in the Dharma, metta helps us to develop these qualities, and these qualities help us to develop metta. There's this reciprocity. Uh, last time that I spoke here at Happy Hour, um, was it last week? I think it was last week. Um, I mentioned the paramis, you know, the ten perfections, and I asked you to emphasize being steadfast or diligent, um, wholehearted in practice. That quality of, uh, of persistence, of diligence, is, is, of course, one of the paramis. So there's all this reciprocity in the ways that we grow in the Dharma. Each beautiful quality that we develop is, can be and is a condition for the arising of other beautiful qualities uh, within us. So the next lines of the sutta, they say in this translation... Peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature. So those are describing qualities of mind, I think, you know, really characteristics of a, of a mind that is uh, settled. Peaceful and calm and wise and skillful. Wise and skillful. Great supports for, for metta. For meditation, for mindfulness meditation, for deep concentration, for all the ways that we practice and uh, and then try to live in alignment with the Dharma, is what I imagine is our our deepest uh, aspirations for our lives. And then the the next two lines are kind of a summation of all the preceding encouragement. It says. Uh, Sutta says, let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. So when we live in this way, you know, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature, upright, honest, straightforward, all those things, um, we can enjoy what's called the bliss of blamelessness. It's described as a happiness that, that comes from uh, knowing that our actions and our, uh, our attitudes of mind are not leading to harm, not harm for ourselves and not harm for others either. <clears throat> so I think it's really useful to remember that cultivating metta is part of the broader cultivation of inner qualities that the Dharma describes as being onward leading. Onward leading is one of my very favorite phrases in the Dharma. 
qualities and attitudes that move us in the direction of liberation, of uprooting, greed, hatred, and delusion completely. So cultivating metta is a support for cultivating mindfulness, ethical conduct, truthfulness, all the paramis, all the other beautiful qualities of mind, wisdom, of course, and cultivating these other aspects of our minds, which we do through other parts of our practice and through our metta practice as well. That's a support for our metta. So it's I just love this this aspect of the Dharma that it's it's like uh, it's like a net where the the nodes, the jewels in the net kind of reflect each other. Um, it's like a river, a wide river that has many um, tributaries coming into it, many different streams, and each stream strengthens our movement towards the end of suffering. The end of suffering. So after this uh, preamble, um, setting out the best prerequisites for cultivating metta, the sutta goes on to describe how such a person should practice. This is what it says. Wishing in gladness and in safety may all beings be at ease. You see gladness and safety and ease there, you know, those are things that are always part of the, the phrases, the classic phrases that we use to practice metta, if we use phrases. So wishing in gladness and in safety may all beings be at ease, whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born. May all beings be at ease. All beings, omitting none, omitting none. All the various kinds of beings, you know, one so small that you can't see them, great big tall ones like giraffes, you know, or or among people, maybe like, you know, really big basketball players. The great and the mighty, heroic people, those who make a difference in the world. Or great elephants, humpback whales, you know, which I like. <laughs> so today, I, I'm going to invite you to uh, include all kinds of beings in your metta. I think it's useful um, when we practice metta for all beings. I think it's really useful to uh, to use our imaginations to visualize uh, uh, different kinds of beings. It's very easy um, if we practice all beings without any kind of connection to any specific all uh, specific beings among all beings. If we just practice generally, it can be kind of vague. You know, it's sort of easy to feel benevolent about. This general quality, this general category, all beings, but bringing to mind really actual beings, I think it uh, it makes it more real and more realistic. All beings includes a lot of beings that we probably don't want to get too close to, you know. But all beings, even those, they just like us, they want to live their lives in peace. They'd like to be peaceful and calm. I think as much as possible. So, why don't we practice thinking about all beings, but we'll start, we'll start with uh, fewer beings than all.
So take a little time to really uh, establish a, po- a posture that is uh, comfortable, you know, easeful, so that it's easy to to connect with your heart. You know, it's hard to be hard to be uh, open-hearted when we're uncomfortable uh, physically, but still we want that uprightness, that alertness to keep us awake, alive to to what we're actually practicing. And just feel into what it's like to be sitting here right now, you know, what's happening inside. What's it like in the mind and in the heart? Is it settled or is there some agitation? Is there calm or restlessness? Is there some happiness or, you know, maybe something um, on the other end of the spectrum, sadness or concern? However it is, 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 uh, is okay. We can hold it with kindness. If there's tension, if there's restlessness in the body or the mind, you can just invite it to release to ease up somewhat. I do a brief body scan, just breathing into areas of tension and as you exhale, just just letting them soften as much as as much as they can. Just spend a little time seeing if the the whole psychophysical organism can just release a little bit, settle. Relax as much as possible. Spend a little bit of time with uh, attention to your breathing, the sensations of the inhalation and the exhalation, just settling a little bit further.
now I invite you to connect with your with your heart. You can put your put your hand on your heart if that's uh, if that's useful to you. Don't have to. Just if it if it works for you to keep you connected. And spend a little bit of time just appreciating your own, your own good heart, your own good intentions, wholesome intentions. You might bring to mind a, a person who is dear to you, or maybe it an animal that's dear to you and, and just imagine that uh, that person or animal is uh, is smiling at you is or is sitting sitting next to you just simply being present with a sense of friendliness of care Now, if you like, you can begin uh, offering metta to yourself. And if it's if it's hard for you to offer metta to yourself, maybe just connect with the care that that, that person or animal friend feels for you, and, and let that be the source of the, the metta coming towards you. Either way. May I know my own goodness. May I be a friend to myself. May friendliness fill me. May I be peaceful and calm. May I know the path of peace.
May I know my own goodness. May I be a friend to myself. And now, if you feel ready, move your attention to a a benefactor. Bring a benefactor into uh, into your mind, into your heart. Maybe that, uh, that person or animal you began with. Maybe someone else, some some other being who has been important in your life, who has mentored you, supported you in some way. Could be a human being, could be an animal. Could be someone you don't know, but that you you admire, public figure. Someone who's... uh, who supported you in some way in your life. Just visualize or, or imagine if visualization, visualization doesn't work for you. Just imagine that person relaxing, enjoying themselves. A person or, or animal, other kind of being. And offer metta to that that being. May you know your own goodness. May you be a friend to yourself.
May you be wise and skillful. May you know the path of peace. May you know your own goodness. May you be a friend to yourself. Now I, I invite you, if you like, to use your imagination a little bit more. Remember, it's always okay to, uh, to return to metta for self or benefactor, which feels, whatever feels most, uh, you know, most useful to you. But right now I'm just inviting you to use your imagination a little bit more. Just imagine yourself sitting on a park bench, maybe maybe in your own uh, in your own garden, or maybe a park that you know in your 
in your town, some open space, a, a place where there are uh, where there are trees and shrubs and walking paths, maybe some grass. You might just imagine a place if you if you can't think of one. that you know already. A place like that with trees and shrubs and grass, walking paths, maybe some water, maybe a stream or a pond. Just settle on a, on a bench and uh, look around. this place. Imagine all the beings that might be there. Small, medium, large, seen and unseen. Maybe there are squirrels running up trees, or people walking their dogs, walking with children, pushing baby carriages. All kinds of beings, large and small. Dogs, big and medium-sized and small. children of all sizes. Maybe birds, bees visiting the flowers. Small birds like wrens or uh, sparrows. Big birds like geese, ducks or swans. If there's water, maybe there are some turtles even, or fish, koi, or other fish in the water. Lots of different kinds of beings. Insects, butterflies, moths, pollinating the flowers. Many beings of all sizes, shapes, Spend a little time just settling into this peaceful park that's filled with life. And then maybe as, as different beings who might be there come into your uh, imagination, offer them metta. May you know your own goodness. May you be friends to yourselves. 
May you be friends to each other. May you be treated with kindness. May there be peace in your life. May you be treated with kindness. Omitting none, the sutta says, omitting none. So perhaps there are some beings um, who are more difficult to open to. They might be in that same park. Human beings, animal beings, insects or other other kinds of crawly things, bugs. Bring to mind some beings who might be there who you find challenging. Maybe a person or people, maybe some kind of animal or insect that you just don't like having around you, you don't feel comfortable with. 
Just imagine them there in the park. They're just going about their business, just like all the other beings. And you can be on the bench, just watching, observing the scene. Can your heart find a way to include those beings that are more challenging? Every living being has a a place in the web of life. Each one wants to live wants to live in peace. The great or the mighty, medium, short and small, the seen and the unseen. May they all be at ease. May you too live in peace. May you be treated with kindness.
Now I invite you to come back home from your time in the park. Settle yourself in your own space where you're seated, sitting with all of us here in happy hour today. Right now, there's 33 of us sitting together May we all be treated with kindness. May there be peace in our lives. May we live in safety. May we be healthy. May all beings be treated with kindness. May all beings live in peace. May all beings live in safety. May all beings be free. So now it's uh, it's time for some uh, breakout rooms, and uh, and just as a reminder, the breakout rooms are a place to continue our our practice of metta, speaking kindly, listening kindly with uh, with mindfulness, and they're they're meant to be a safe a safe place for everyone to. 
be able to be really honest about what's going on with them so so you know so that everybody knows that what they what they say will be held in confidence won't come outside the the walls of the of the breakout room um, so I'm going to offer a question or actually two questions you can uh, address either one in the breakout rooms um, what are the ways that practicing metta or the other Brahma Viharas have supported your overall Dharma practice? Or, conversely, can you think of ways that, um, that other Dharma practices and understandings have supported uh, developing metta in you? So, one way or the other, how has metta supported your other um, engagement in the Dharma or how has the other ways you've engaged with the Dharma how have they supported your metta and um, I think uh, there's 26 now we'll see how many there will be I'll make uh, I think I'll give you um, three people to a group and uh, and t- 10 minutes I think let's see here so three people to a group that's let's see we got I'll make I'll make eight rooms and hopefully not too many people will leave and so there'll be three to most and I'll give you a total of uh, 11 minute 12 10 minutes with the uh, with the this final 60 seconds at the end so um, and to, to begin, maybe it can be the, uh, the person with the longest hair. And remember to please, you know, watch the time and make sure that everyone has an opportunity to share. You can share in a spiral f- fashion or each person can share their, their response to the question. But please make sure that everybody has equal time to share. So here you go. Let's see. Anyone has something they'd like to say? Yeah, Amy. Um, I'd love a little bit of guidance. Um, in my practice, I'm experiencing more um, more anger, and I think it has to do with um, opening my eyes around patriarchy, around finding my voice, around violence, um, micro gestures toward, um, towards women, and, and, uh, and I think it's important I find my voice at this time, uh-huh. and I want it to be done with a space of wisdom, Yeah. And I think it needs to be like the yin and yang of compassion, like that Kristen Neff talks about. And I'm just like, I really want to be mindful of like when it can be firm a little. Yeah. In a way that's important, but then also compassion based. Yeah. I feel like it's very tricky. It's, it's very tricky. I agree. It's very tricky. You know, it's, uh, it's um, to be able to speak what is true, you know, and to address things that need to be addressed 
without ill will that's it's that's that's the trick you know to remove the ill will from it and it's it is very it's really tricky i think it's uh um and my sense is that when we do when we when we engage out of anger or ill will that it the results tend not to be so positive you know so it's just it's that it's practice you know to find a way to have compassion for those who who are who create harm you know i i've said this before i think in this group i say it often when i'm teaching that um for me recognizing that people who do harm are in some way are suffering that you don't do harm unless you're suffering that 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 helps me to to cultivate compassion when there seems to be someone who's you know doing some someone or some group or whatever you know it whatever it happens to be it's just yeah i think it's really tricky and it just takes a lot of practice and then discernment about is this the right time to speak can i speak without you know blasting or something you know it's just yeah thanks amy it's not an easy question to answer of course you know but <laughs> yeah is he i study martial arts and i'm finding out when i practice meta martial arts allows me to move in different ways and when i practice meta i can move I'm less attached to stuff and i can move I don't have to fight the fight you want me to fight. I can fight my fight or not fight at all. So it just offers me more perspective and more choices. Huh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Izzy. Yeah. Martial arts are, they can be a spiritual practice as well. Well, I hope it was uh, beneficial to, to you to practice this evening with the, uh, with all beings in all their many different appearances and sizes and shapes and everything and uh, including those who are are more difficult and uh, you know that's that's a place where I think all of us probably need to work <laughs> so um, if you'd like to unmute and say goodbye tonight to everyone Thank, Thank you, everyone. Thanks, folks. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you, Shelly. Thanks Thank so you, Shelly. Bye-bye. Beautiful session. Good.